Welcome to the addendum, a thing added. On this podcast, Pastor Eric Williams will add to, clarify, and supplement the most recent teachings at Fellowship Renewed Church. Good to be with you today. Hope your week is off to a great start. Had a great day of worship with you all yesterday, and uh, we were in 1 Corinthians together. I thought we could take a few moments today and do something that I didn't do that I intended to do yesterday, and that was to address some of these issues from the perspective of those who would argue contrary to what we were speaking of yesterday. So just to put us all back in context, what were we looking at yesterday together? We were in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and our text was verses 9 through 11. So I'd like to just read that. It says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, You were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now, we started yesterday talking a little bit about how, at least from the year 2014, how Christians have um, come to embrace this idea of merging the Bible and homosexuality, but generally speaking, as we understand it today, uh, maybe what we might call the LGBTQ mindset, uh, has been brought into the church, and there are many who attempt to do so using seemingly biblical argumentation. And the conversation surrounds a couple of Greek words. And I understand that this is a little bit technical and it it might be hard at, you know i just i guess let me let me transport myself back to when i was i don't know let me say a teenager and i was really just starting to get into church and never ever when when i was first attending church it was just maybe part of the church culture that i was in at that time that that getting into technical detail about the text uh, specifically in the original languages, was never really part of what would happen on a Sunday morning. Uh, it was for a foreign concept to me. And maybe you're coming from a background where that's a foreign concept to you, and and getting into these technical things is, is a, a bit of a challenge, or maybe we can't see quite why we would spend our time doing this exactly. And Ultimately, let me just say this, it boils down to how we view inspiration. So in, in what way do we understand and has the church historically understood inspiration? And that is, we understand the Bible to be the inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God in its autographs, that is, in the originals. And the New Testament was written in Greek, an ancient form of Greek, actually, And that ancient form of Greek is known as Koine Greek, a little bit different than modern Greek. 
And the Old Testament was written primarily in, in Hebrew, a little in Aramaic, but Aramaic is just a derivative language of Hebrew anyway. So then, why do the original languages matter? It's because it's a matter of translation. And so when we're formulating doctrine, we want to look back at the original languages. Sometimes this is sometimes this is very, very necessary, depending on what exactly we're looking at. And at other times, our English translations are very sufficient. And so it's not as though if you don't have an understanding at all of the original languages that you can't study the Bible. That's obviously not true. Uh, but there are times when we're formulating doctrines and, and specific doctrines, especially specific doctrines when it has to do with um, some interpreting a text this way, some interpreting a text another way, and they boil it down to the fact that the words are different. We need, we need, we need to understand the words in a particular way, or the translation of these words uh, is, is up for debate. And if we translate them this way, it applies this way, and if we translate them another way, it applies in an entirely different way. And that's what we have in our text today. And so, when we have to break down these things sometimes into their original languages and look at the words, this is necessary for the church to do. It's necessary for us to spend our time doing this, because fundamentally we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and that it is what we need for faith and practice. And sometimes there are issues that we have to dig in a little bit to see what exactly is being said. And so I laid out a case yesterday uh, for understanding this text in a particular way. And it, it had to do with two Greek words, uh, malakoi and arsenokoitai. And uh, if you remember, we translated those. We, we looked at what those words actually mean. Malakoi meaning soft or delicate or it's in the plural, referring to people, soft, delicate ones, and then arsenokoitai, which we took a little bit of time to look into the Old Testament law origins of arsenokoitai. Arsenos, meaning male, and koitai, meaning bed. And when Paul took those and merged them together, he was doing two things. One, he was he was talking about what those two words mean together. Yes, that's true, but I think more significantly, he was pointing his audience back to the book of Leviticus. He was pointing us back to the law, and he's saying, this is where I derived this from. This is the context that this is being pulled from, and Paul does this on more than one occasion, and I believe that we showed that to be true yesterday. What I did not do uh, yesterday that I'd like to spend just a couple of minutes doing today is looking specifically at how those on the other side would approach this and say, well, here's how we interpret that. Uh, we talked about an appropriate way to interpret these things, but I didn't spend a lot of time looking at the way that maybe the rebuttal would sound from the other side. And so I'm going to take some of this from uh, the person I referenced yesterday was Brandon Robertson. And I read a quote from him, and, and I'm going to read another quote from him. I'm going to read from a book that he wrote called Gay and Christian, No Contradiction. And uh, I'm going to read, let's see here, we could read a lot. Uh, but I think I'm going to take beginning on page 11 of that book, and I'm just going to read a little bit. Listen to what he says about these things. He says, the word that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians is the Greek word 
arsenokoitai, which is a word that the apostle made up. It did not exist in the Greek language before Paul's usage of it. Which, okay, we can, we can consent to that. It seems the apostle combined two words together. Arson, which means men, and koitai, which means bed. We talked about all that yesterday. But then he says, So, taken literally, it can be translated men who sleep together in bed. Right. But his usage of the term in 1 Timothy sheds more light on its context and meaning. In 1 Timothy, Paul pairs arsenokoitai with malakoi, which means soft ones, or young boys. Why does it mean young boys? This is me talking now. Why does it mean young boys? He didn't give us a reason why it means young boys. Um, He's just saying it could mean soft ones or young boys. And this is where the argument begins to take shape from their side. Um, So let me just continue reading in his words. It seems in this case that Paul is either referring to prostitution involving older men and younger children or the common practice of pederasty, which involved young students having sex with older wise students as a way of receiving their wisdom and denoting respect and submission. Okay, so this is his argument. Uh, It is unfounded. It's an unfounded argument, but he's saying the way that we are interpreting the text, the way that we spent our time yesterday looking at the text and explaining it, he's saying this is incorrect because uh, Paul was really talking about an abusive relationship where someone, the exploitation really is the issue. He was saying that older men were uh, exploiting younger men who were innocent of the matter, but it was really a, uh, a sin for an older man or a man in a power position to take a younger man who was not in a power position and to exploit him or take advantage of him sexually. And Paul says that's wrong. This is Brandon Robertson's argument from Scripture. Um, so we'll, we'll just continue then with what Brandon Robertson has to say. But whatever Paul meant in his writings, and however we interpret them, I don't believe that these six passages need to matter all that much to us in our effort to make a biblical case for LGBT plus inclusion. I could... Please understand, this is again me reading Brandon Robertson. Listen to this. I could even concede that if we were to bring the Apostle Paul or even Jesus in a time machine from their culture in the first century to our world today and asked if they supported gay marriage, they would probably say no. The way our generation sees the world simply isn't the way two first-century Palestinian rabbis would have seen the world. We simply cannot expect them to understand our culture or the advances we've made in psychology and biology that have clarified what we know about sexuality and gender identity. And there you have it, okay? My last quote from Brandon Robertson. What did he just say? Brandon Robertson just said, It's funny, but it's not. It's outrageous is why it's laughable. Because what he's saying about Jesus and Paul and the scriptures in general is that if we were if we were to take Jesus, this is his argument, if we were to take Jesus and transport him from his culture 
and his time and transport him to today, and we were to ask Jesus, do you support gay marriage? Brandon Robertson says, no. Okay. Right. And then he begins to say the reason is because the way our generation sees the world simply isn't the way two first century Palestinian rabbis would have seen the world. So there it is. It's, it's the nature of scripture and who Jesus is. That's, that's, that's actually the heart of the matter. It's, it's one thing to take what scripture says and break it down and find meaning in the words. It's another thing to say, scripture is not sufficient. Scripture is not sufficient for us. We need these other things. We need advances in psychology. We need advances in biology. We need advances in what we understand about sexuality and gender identity to properly understand the world around us. It's not enough to have scripture. So that's fundamentally the issue, the big divide between us. But also, what is he saying about Jesus? That Jesus was so simply a man of his time that when scripture came to us and the words of Jesus were delivered to us, all they are are the words of a man from the first century, and he could not possibly have understood. You even take Jesus and put him here today. He still doesn't get it. What does that say about what Brandon Robertson thinks about Jesus? It's an outrageous claim, isn't it? And those of you listening today understand how outrageous that is. But what I wanted you to see is the big divide between us. And when we see it on little, the small scale thing about words, we think that that's the actual heart of the issue, the words. And and if we can just understand the words properly, but actually it's, it's how we understand those words to come into play in the big picture of things. Who is Jesus? What is scripture? These are the actual issues. And so when you have an argument brought from you, brought to you from the other side, we think maybe, maybe we think that they're viewing scripture the same way we view scripture. They're viewing Jesus the same way we view Jesus. We just have a difference of opinion on this. But as you can see, I hope you see, uh, it's far different. So difficult issues, right? Um, I, I, I believe difficult issues, not difficult in the sense that our heart necessarily has a hard time believing these things to be true, but there is a battle, an intense spiritual battle over these things in the here and now, and we need to be firm on them because we believe the word of God. We believe what it says. We believe in who Jesus is, and we believe that we belong to the kingdom of God, and if that is true, we need to be thinking kingdom thoughts. We need to be living kingdom ways. We need to be representatives, proper representatives of the kingdom of God and so give God glory in all that we do and all that we think. Thank you for joining us on the Addendum Podcast. For more information about Fellowship Renewed Church, visit frcsparta.com. Please join us for next week's episode.